gentlemen, back to another episode of The Other Identity. I am, of course, your favorite host, the great Landis, wow. a.k.a. What was, what was that that I heard? I don't know. That was, from, some, uh, that, was that was a bystander who walked by and scoffed at your uh, proclamation. It wasn't, certainly no, wasn't me. There are no bystanders here yeah. in our secret headquarters. <laughs> uh, Professor Awesome. Hello. Being less than awesome Whoa. this time, interrupting my intro. Are you? Normally if you're, you are, love are you, these. You am, love these normally. I do love these. I enjoyed it. But you said you're the favorite host. Does that mean? Am I technically the co-host? So I'm I'm the favorite co-host. We 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 are co-hosts, okay. and I'm sure that you are someone's favorite. Yeah. Um, somebody somebody out there, I gotta be their favorite. <laughs> Sheer law well, of averages yeah. dictates that if we have a decent uh, listenership, then someone likes me. So yeah, yeah, I'll go. You know with what? I bet you're Kevin's favorite. Probably. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't even know if I'm Kevin's favorite so much as you're his least favorite. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Uh, you know, I actually had a call with him uh, today. Oh, yeah. How'd where, that go? They were, uh, so, so some of our, um, you know, corporate sort of people were, were helping the him suits, with what he's doing for the us The suits, now, Robbie? Right, right. Yep. Trying to, uh, you know, explain to him readability and SEO for his articles. So yeah, that, you know, stuff. Google and stuff like that, you know, pick them up uh-huh. a lot better. And afterwards, he thanked them because uh, he says, hopefully this means that I won't have to put up with Robbie as much. Uh, no, he didn't say that, did he? Wrong. He said it was something along those lines and him telling me that I'm insufferable. Oh, but my yes, God. He did. Wow! Wow! That's my uh, that's my former student, folks. Yeah, he was uh, I I trained him so so long as he fault. can carry his own weight, and I don't have to string him along. You'll put like up with Robin. it, Robin. That's fine. Okay, that fair enough. Fine. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of which, he did just recently uh, put out his second part two of MC rankings. Boy, the did top he half, which wasn't. As bad as the bottom half. I, how could it be of his ranking? How could it be? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's hard to get the top half right because the Marvel movies are all so. I think it's hard so to get good. the. Do you mean it's hard to get the top half wrong? There you go. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. No, that's, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you can find that over at CheckpointXP.com, and uh, he does have another article coming out that's uh, actually a pretty interesting one. Sure. Uh, where he talks about the difficulty of adapting comic books into movies mm-hmm. and uh, takes a look at uh, Civil War, the first Iron Man, and Batman vs. Superman. So, uh, nice. Uh, actually, all in all, a very interesting article. Yeah. Um, so uh, what have you been reading? Inter- or, or reading inter- uh, look, all right, I'm going to level with you guys here um i am not in the best of uh head spaces frames yeah. today uh sinus stuff going on migraine going on i've actually slept most of the day away and was i would not i would not have known if you wouldn't have said anything you sound great yeah all right well for those of you who can tell i have taken every sort of type of medicine i can to get my to get my body to work properly today and it's still refusing to do so the word hero gets thrown around too often but i think <laughs> in this case Absolutely, you being here is true heroism. Well, you know what? Not all heroes wear pants. <laughs> that was good. So, all right, Ben, what, uh, what have you been reading recently? Yeah, my friend, I, I have, I have been diving deep. As you know, I've been kind of, in addition to all the reading challenges we're doing, which I'm juggling about four to five of those. I'm also trying to deep dive into some more modern Marvel stuff. Uh, that I've fallen behind on. So I, I did Immortal Hulk. I did Captain America by Tanahasi Coates. And I just got into 
the most recent volume of Runaways. Now, which, which I know you've told me that I should should read, and it is on my list somewhere. Runaways, the original Runaways by Brian K. Vaughn and Adrian Alfona, um, is a book that I put at the top of my. If you're trying to get someone into comics, this is the book you hand them list. Oh. Because I think, why is that? Because I think it is. The perfect mix of there are superhero elements, but it's not overwhelmingly capes. Um, it's not it's not going to intimidate someone. If someone just likes good storytelling, Runaways is going to appeal to them, and it might inspire them because it is set in the Marvel universe. If you dip your toe in Runaways, you may want to try out Avengers, X Men, Spider Man, etc. But Runaways is like the starter comic I give to people who are not necessarily comic book fans. For instance, my wife, who is not a big comic book reader, is a big fan of Runaways. Um, and I've heard that many times. And it's just such a great premise. The premise, the high concept is all teenagers think their parents are evil. What if they actually were? <laughs> it's a group of kids finding out their parents are supervillains and what happens next. So... That original volume of Runaways by, by BKV and Adrian Alfona is near and dear to my heart as it is to, I know, a lot of people. And in the years since, a lot of very talented people have tried to follow Vaughn's run because basically Brian K. Vaughn had a beginning, a middle, and an end to his story. He left uh -huh. it open-ended for other creators to hop on, but he said everything he wanted to say and then went on to other things. So everyone from Joss Whedon on down has tried to write runaways with varying degrees of success this current volume by uh rainbow rowell who is a lovely uh novelist ya novelist who i actually got to meet her just before she launched this book the work she did first with chris anka as the original artist and now the artist uh who just took over where i'm at andres genale i think i'm probably butchering that name this is the best Runaways I've read since Brian K. Vaughn. This is wow. someone who gets it, who is clearly a fan of the original, but, and this is what I'm going to give uh, Rainbow incredible credit for, is that where he's Brian K. Vaughn knew, all right, this is a finite story that I want to tell. I get the sense that she could write this book open-ended and be fine. The relationships between the kids are dynamite. You know I love a good downtime issue where it's just... People sitting around talking, not necessarily yeah. supervillain stuff. This is amazing at that. And then when it comes time for the end of the world scenarios, they excel there too. So I'm only, I've got about 10 more issues to go until I'm caught up. Um, but I'm about 20 issues in. I think there's like 30 to 35 issues out, out right now. And I cannot speak highly enough of Rainbow Rowell's Runaways. And also she has a great name. Her name is Rainbow Rowell. So, you know, fun to well. say. Uh, speaking of both modern Marvel and speaking highly of it, that's what I've been reading a lot of as well. Uh, thanks last weekend to our Miles Morales episode. I, of course, got all caught up on Miles Morales by Saladin Ahmed. And, uh, you know, that brought me right up to the Outlawed story arc that's going on in Marvel right now about Outlawed oh, right. yeah, superheroes. Yeah, yeah. So that then uh, got me to finally finish up and get caught up on Miss Marvel, which is also by Saladin. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I, like, I don't even know what to say here. Uh, I, I have never, I think, been continually impressed by every single issue 
of a run before. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm up to 13 on Miss Marvel and maybe 15 or 16 on Miles Morales. And, uh, I mean, both of these heroes just, just remind me so much of Ultimate Spider-Man. and That's your, all of the that's your grail. Of, yeah, everything about it that, that drew me into those characters and drew me into that world. And I think that the thing that he does best, and I've only started to notice this with him and Kelly Thompson, so so you'll have to let me know, you know, reading a, a bit more Marvel right now than I am, if this is something that they just started to do across all of their books, or if, it, or, or if these two are just phenomenal at it. Mm -hmm. But the way that they bring in other characters from mm -hmm. the Marvel Universe and just use them as really quick, small supporting characters makes this world feel so much more alive than even the ultimate universe did mm -hmm. right whether it's miles having a run-in with the rhino or starling showing up or you know miss marvel uh meeting amulet for the first time or tony stark checking in on her because her dad's sick like just both of these titles are so amazing and 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 this is the reason why i don't like to read stuff as it comes out because then i have to wait you have to wait have yeah to wait for everything you're a very impatient man read it all yeah I will say I, I need to I think Miles is one of the next ones I'm going to binge um, and then at some point I will catch up on Miss Marvel as well because <clears throat> I'm very interested in that outlawed story. Sorry, I just cleared my throat. <clears> throat> um, but what you're describing, Robbie, is optimal use of the Marvel Universe. And what I mean by that was one of the things when Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko and company were building the Marvel Universe in the 60s, what set them apart and what basically made Marvel this revolutionary thing was the idea that Spider-Man could be swinging through New York City and Thor's flying in the other direction and they run into each other. That uh -huh. idea that they're all existing in this shared universe. Because, I mean, yes, in theory, DC had a shared universe. Uh, Superman and Batman teamed up. And um, you would see villains swap once in a while. And even Golden Age Marvel, you know, Human Torch and Namor interacted. But... Stan and collaborators took that to the next level of making this an inhabited neighborhood where it felt like, and that's, I use the term, it's a neighborhood where you can run into anyone at any time. And the best Marvel stories over the course of the past 60 years have utilized that. And I think what you're discovering with, um, specifically with Saladin's work, with Kelly's work, and maybe even beyond the ultimate work, because the thing about the ultimate universe was you did see everyone show up in each other's books, but because it was so new, there was only so many characters to use. These uh -huh. guys have 80 years worth of characters to draw on, and they can have anyone show up at any time, and that's the fun of reading Marvel comics, and it makes me excited to go check out those books. Speaking of DC and Marvel, we need to talk a little bit about our episode two weeks ago. Yes, we do. Results are in! Avengers versus Justice League, the Great Landis versus the Opinion. Who was right? Who was wrong? Coming up next. Hey, 
Hey, what's up? I'm Robbie from Checkpoint XP. And I'm Jake from the Overwatch League casting team. And together, we're your hosts of the Owl's Nest. With the Overwatch League up and running again, we'll be bringing you all the latest from the League and within Overwatch. But it's important that we all do our part to flatten the curve by staying home during the COVID-19 outbreak. So stay home. Stay healthy. And we'll see you every Friday night on the Owl's Nest before the Overwatch League weekend. Check it out at the Checkpoint XP YouTube channel or at CheckpointXP.com. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not... Not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team. Or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships. And we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for the download here of The Other Identity. If you're still with us, I implore you, reach out to a few of your friends. I know that you have them. I know that when you go to see Marvel movies, when you've binged the most recent streaming show, you have friends that you will go to. You ask their opinions, and you should be sharing this show with them in the same way. So, uh, two weeks ago, we had an episode, Avengers vs. the Justice League, where Kevin Kelly and I, we put uh, together two teams, seven members of each, and then Ben here pitted them in 1v1 scenarios, and we had to argue about who we thought would win. Now, we asked you, based on our arguments, to vote on who you thought would come out on top. Some of you may have, uh, but we did just put out a Twitter poll and let people just vote to their heart's content, and the final score came back. Avengers, 57% to 43% Justice League. And I even gave my vote to Kevin. Did you really? I did, on accident, and he uh, still uh, lost. I didn't vote. Um, I wanted to be right down the middle. I wanted to give everyone a chance, but uh, it was a great turnout. A lot of people were really interactive with this poll. And it was, yeah. I got to say, it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Um, I don't know who I thought was going to win. I kind of gave the edge to the Avengers just because... Uh-huh. They're more in the public consciousness right now. And That's also, it, in full fairness, I thought you argued very well. But Thank you. Kevin had a good stance as well. And the fact that it was, yeah. you know, 57 to 43, that's, that's everyone goes home a winner there. Um, maybe we try it again when... When we have, when we try it again with some different characters, or maybe we try it again when DC pulls it together in terms of their movie <laughs> slate. But uh, it was a good contest, and I'm I'm very happy with the, the turnout we had. Well, and in, in, in all fairness to you know both Avengers, to Justice League, to Kevin, to everyone, I honestly think that at, in, in any given moment that this should be a 50-50 match. <laughs> Even with all the matchups that we had, I think it's always 50-50. There's, right. of course, the hero factor that always goes into it. Like, the heroes are always overcoming obstacles and surmounting villains that they probably really have no business doing. But they're the heroes, so in the end, they have to win, right? Yeah, and I'll say this. But, that I, Oh, sorry, were you still going? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, the only thing I was going to say, just in terms of when it comes down to Avengers versus Justice League in the most abstractive senses, um, my take is always that if you're going by pure power, I do think the Justice League is more powerful, but I think it's baked into the Avengers that they're always fighting people who are more powerful than them, so they are more resourceful, is the way I'd put it. Like, uh-huh. I think Cap, Iron Man, Carol... 
all those folks like know how to get out of situations. Like they, they're better equipped to fight Superman than most DC characters are because they're yeah. used to overcoming those odds. And that's why nine times out of 10, I'm probably going to give it to the Avengers. And that's even with saying the Justice League is more powerful, simply because I think the Avengers will find a way. Whereas I think the Justice I, League I, is used to... That yeah, no, that, that's a great way to put it. I mean, uh, you know, one of the things that immediately came to mind, too, when I was thinking about this myself was Kelly Thompson's recent arc for Captain Marvel, uh, The Last Avenger. Last Avenger, yeah, yeah. Where she was tasked with, by herself, taking down all of the other Avengers, and I think it was 48 or maybe 24 hours, and, you know, you got to see, you know, in her inner monologue what she was going through and, like, the tactics that she had to employ, obviously, you know, being a military woman uh, herself. And I think that's, yeah, probably the best way to put it is... is it's not always about raw power. Right. You know, early on, I know a lot of people would always use the um, the argument for Barry Allen. Well, he can go back in time and just kill you when you're a baby. Mm -hmm. But he, he wouldn't, wouldn't do that. And no. that is an important part of the character. But I, but I also think something that's important about when, if, if we were pitting the Justice League against the Avengers, is I think the Justice League, and I'm not disparaging the Justice League. I love the Justice League. I love these characters. But they're used to being able to solve things with just power right superman is usually able to just punch his way out of something batman of course is the exception who needs to be a little more clever but i just don't think that the justice league in theory has to be creative with their problem solving they can normally just throw raw power at something and that's why i tend to think the avengers especially in a hero versus hero fight where we're not really you know the, the villainous side doesn't come to the equation I just think the Avengers have an edge um, just in terms of ingenuity. I, uh, I agree with you there. And uh, we actually have a few comments here. You know, we reached out to uh, our adoring public and mm -hmm. asked for some of them to give us their reasonings on who they thought would win after hearing our episode. So uh, there are two here that I'd like to read. Uh, both of them are in my favor. Of course. Yeah, um, yeah. You, the, the, uh, <laughs> the, victors will write, the victors write history, right? So, like, you know. That is indeed correct. Yeah. So the first one comes from Chris. He says, Quicksilver versus Cyborg. <laughs> this isn't a match at all. Quicksilver would run circles around Cyborg. Literally. Quicksilver would totally run faster than any tracking Cyborg has and would make him blow up. Mm -hmm. Cyborg cries a lot. Easy win for Marvel. <laughs> so my take on this is, and thank you for writing in, Chris, and you're not going to love this, Robbie, but even though I would ultimately favor the Avengers over the Justice League, this is one where I think Cyborg would uh, outdo Quicksilver. I just Where does his edge come from? I think his edge comes from the fact that Cyborg it, 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 throw out everything I said a second ago because Cyborg actually is a character who's used to overcoming adversity. I uh -huh. don't think he just throws, you know, his cannon at things. I think he's good at outthinking people whereas Quicksilver is one of the Avengers who I would argue is just kind of he's not really he's not a creative thinker. Uh, Quicksilver's not a strategist. He's a foot soldier. He's a guy who, if he has Captain America telling him what to do, I think he's in good shape. But And I know you gave a great example of Quicksilver in the Ultimate Universe being very ruthless. And there is that. And I do like your point about he was a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. But to me, Cyborg just has more tools in the toolbox. I think Quicksilver basically has... If Cyborg finds a way to overcome Quicksilver's speed, Quicksilver doesn't have a second thing to go to. 
if Quicksilver finds a way to overcome one of Cyborg's weapons, Cyborg's got eight other weapons that he can turn to. So I just think he's more versatile. Take note, Kevin. <laughs> this is how you debate. You argue back. That's how That's you debate. Right. Yep. All right. So the other one, this is a little bit more lengthy. This one comes from Trash Band, and he says, yeah, this dude clowning himself with his defense, lol. Avengers team would beat out. Definitely some close matchups. But Cyborg versus Quicksilver is a no-brainer. Quicksilver, because he's just fast, mm -hmm. could literally reduce Cyborg to a head before he even knew what was happening. Well, we just talked about that. Yeah. Uh, next one. Captain Marvel versus Green Lantern would be too close to call. Kind of leaning with Green Lantern, but Marvel got some durability. I don't know who would win Captain Marvel versus Green Lantern. That, that's that the closest is call a for me. very close that's one. A, yes. that's, that is a jump ball if ever there was one. Mm -hmm. And Batman versus Tony Stark? I'd love to see that. <laughs> Thor would waste Wonder Woman since he's not just simply the <laughs> god of hammers. Yeah. Scarlet Witch can literally bend reality, making Flash run in, like, cement. Could probably even just stop him at the atomic level. And yeah, Hulk is just insane, would outlast Superman, and only get stronger by the radiation as mentioned. Also, in Vision's defense, at least he's not a bitch when it comes to fire. Possibly uh... the worst mortal weakness of any hero and IMO would be the way that he dominates Martian Manhunt. One of the interesting things we didn't really talk about is like all the DC heroes like have some sort of, whether it's kryptonite, magic, um, fire, like they have- It has that, like a very sort of straightforward, yes, this they, is your weakness. And it always drove me nuts when I would read old Justice League comics from like the 60s. Um, it would always be like, the way the villain would take them out is just like, they happen to have kryptonite with them. Kryptonite. I hate kryptonite. Kryptonite is so Somehow. stupid. Oh, thank you. See, yeah. that's the thing I've always hated about Superman is he is just this this godlike being yeah. with one unearthly weakness that everyone has access I prefer... to. Whether it's in lipstick form yeah, or right? they have an aerosol form. <laughs> I prefer the magic weakness for Superman because I think that's at least like writers get creative with it. Um, uh -huh. But the kryptonite, I always hated kryptonite. I think it's dumb. And Martian Manhunter... With fire, I don't think is as bad as Kryptonite because I actually kind of I. If you read really good Martian Manhunter stories, there's a pathos to it in the sense that basically his family and his whole race was destroyed by fire. So yeah, he has it's, like it's more, this. It's psychological. Yeah, 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 exactly. Related, then just like fire kills him it's because the, if I remember correctly, in in one of the Batman stories where someone gets a hold of all of his plans, mm -hmm. they use magnesium to basically light Martian Manhunter on fire. It doesn't actually kill him. It just keeps him incapacitated. Right. I think it, it's it's psychological, and I think that's actually if you're reading a good Martian Manhunter story, that's it's it's actually really cool. Like that he's incredibly powerful. Like he's he has powers that Superman doesn't have. He can shape shift. He's telepathic. He can do all this stuff. But phasing, phasing. But the idea that fire can stop him because of this traumatic incident that he couldn't overcome from his past, I think that's actually kind of cool. I'm a big Martian Manhunter fan. Um, he's one of my favorite, like, I think, underserved characters. And when they did um, the New 52 and they replaced him with Cyborg, I love Cyborg too, but I think Jean, Jean Jones is just such a cool character. And I know Kevin has an affection for him too from the Justice League cartoon, which he was great on. But um, I'm sure there's no bias here being that you're married to Miss Martian. I, there is no bias that I'm married to Miss <laughs> Martian because I'm not cashing any royalty checks. So uh, there's not there's nothing there. But yeah, no, totally. I I love Martian Manhunter. I would him and Vision would be tough though because Vision Vision's Vision's a badass as well, and Vision does have that uh, solar jewel in his forehead or 
the mind gem, mind stone, if you're in the MCU. So it's a tough, tough draw for both of them. But in the end, the Avengers did win they out. Did. So uh, did. I will be looking forward to uh, Kevin's speech of defeat uh, on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending on how on how well it is, depending on how he takes the loss, maybe I'll even read it here on the show next yeah. week. But uh, coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about DC. The uh, DC Rebirth Era Challenge that we've been uh, embarking on since uh, starting uh, this season of the podcast. And just sort of seeing where we are so far, what we've liked, what we've maybe not liked as much. And uh, that's coming up next here on The Other Identity. Hey, what's up? It's James. And Robbie. Hey, and it's Weird Beard. And we're bringing you a brand new radio show called Checkpoint XP. You don't have to be an expert, even though I am. And we're here to give you everything you need to know about the world of video games. Interviews from the biggest professionals and your everyday gamers, we've got you covered at Checkpoint XP. Whether you're a professional player or somebody who hasn't played in a while, we have something for everybody. Hang out with us at Checkpoint XP every single week on your radio. Find out where we're playing in your hometown at our website, CheckpointXP.com. So if you're looking to have some fun and talk about video games, we got the rundowns for things that matter to you. Checkpoint, Checkpoint XP. Your home for esports and gaming. Got it that time. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. For the latest in Overwatch League action, check out the Owl's Nest with me, Robbie Landis, and my co-host, Jake Lyon. For new episodes every Friday at CheckpointXP.com or download from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Other Identity. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit now about the reading challenge that Ben and I have been doing. Uh, I, of course, am a little bit further ahead than he is. A little bit. A little bit more, uh, what's the word, diligent, I guess. No, in, in no. One issue I'm, a do day. I'm doing, oh, you're saying I'm diligent. Okay. Thought you're, yes, that you're uh, diligent. I pounced no, on that no, one. You, I jumped you, too you early. <laughs> <laughs> you, you definitely have this, like, regiment that you yes. adhere to. Now, granted, you're on a lot, you're reading a lot more, there's a lot more challenges mm -hmm. that, that you're doing, whereas I sit down, and I'll usually still go through, like, ten books a day. Yeah. But instead of jumping all over, I just consume, like, yeah. all of them in, like, an arc. I also, I also want to throw this in that I do have a, a three-year-old, and I bring her up just because um, we had a Zoom call to prepare for this episode, as we do every week, and I was watching her. And um, one of my favorite parts of that Zoom call was she saw that Robbie has a bunch of toys by his desk, and he instantly became the coolest adult in her life because she just goes toys, toys, yeah. And that was uh, that was fun. Well, aren't I the coolest adult in your life too, Ben? You're top five. Um, right, but I'll I also, it. but I also, that's that's why I don't read more than one uh, Rebirth comic a day. So uh, I did want to talk about what we've thought about it so far. You know, the ones that have stood out to us. Yeah. Maybe people can look to get into. Because I, look, I don't expect everyone to go through. And I mean, I'm still on part one of reading 800 some. I know. Wait, this is something we will be doing so. for. This is something we <laughs> will while. be doing for many years of our lives. Yep. yep. So uh, Ben, why don't we start with you? Sure. Uh, we'll kind of you know bounce back and forth. One we liked, maybe one that didn't really hit the mark that we thought that it would. And uh, you know we'll 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 see how long we can go with it. So right off the bat, one of the standouts for me, we've talked about it before. Uh, both Superman books, Superman as well as Action Comics. Um, one of the things I didn't, I mean, look, 
Superman we've talked about on the show is a character I have affection for, but I've never been full all in on Superman. Uh, I liked him when I was a kid. And then when they did New 52 and made him a little bit younger and not dating Lois and all this other stuff, I was kind of turned off by that because to me, that's just not Superman. And this take on Superman, where he is married to Lois, uh, has a kid, and just is kind of the more adult superhero, to me has been the best Superman I've ever read. And across both books, the art, the writing, everything has been very strong. And I just, this is, this is the Superman I've always wanted. This is the Superman that's made me fully realize why he's a cool character, even more so than the stuff I enjoyed as a kid, Death of Superman and all that. So first and foremost, I think my, uh, my tops for DC Rebirth has been definitely Superman and action comics are right, right high on the list for me. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll bottom line it for you. Uh, Jonathan Kent is the best yep. thing to happen to Superman Agreed. since his creation. Agreed. And I, but I also think um, it's a dynamic of not just John and Clark. You have to throw Lois in the mix, too. Of course. Just of the course. fact that the three of them are this family. And it's different. It's not like every other superhero. And I think that's something that suffered in New 52 is Superman became like every other superhero. There is nothing to distinguish him. This distinguishes him, and it uh, it goes a long way towards good stories. So uh, I have extilled the virtues of uh, the Green Lanterns, uh, mm-hmm. Jessica Cruz and Simon Boz, many, many times on this show, but I'm going to continue to do so. Um, you know, I, I believe this is the first time that, uh, unless it's talking about the Green Lanterns core as a whole, that two Lanterns have shared, you know, uh, a single comic or a single story. Um you know, I, I think that prior to this, if you would have tried to pitch me this idea that Hal Jordan picked two lanterns that can only recharge their rings together, you know, then linking themselves together, that I would have told you that's the stupidest idea that I've ever heard. <laughs> because why would you handicap two heroes with the protection of an entire, you know, quadrant of space? Mm-hmm. But to see how different these two characters are to one another, like, there's no way they would have ever became friends had it not been... For that need to protect, you know, what they love and, and, and charge their rings together. These two types of people I don't think would have ever gotten along with one another. Um, but, you know, in the long run, it shows us that, first of all, you should always, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. You should try and understand, you know, those that, that seem different to, to, to what it is that, you know, you prefer or, 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 or to yourself. And, man, I don't know, just, just this, this book is probably... Not just my top five. This might be my favorite title, even right now, in all of the DC Rebirth era. Green Lanterns is excellent. Um, Sam Humphreys writes it. I want to shout that out because I think he does an incredible job. Um, I Same as you. I've fallen in love with Jessica Cruz and Simon Boz. Uh, I thought early on, I was like, oh, I really like Jessica and I'll put up with Simon. But they're both great. Like, And once... I, I love the fact that that first arc, they don't really get along, but I'm into like the second arc of Green Lanterns mm-hmm. now where they are getting along and it's even better because it feels earned and it feels yes. real and it just, mm-hmm. it's so good. I, I love that Green Lanterns book. Um, the whole Green Lantern line is pretty strong uh, in, in Rebirth, but Green Lanterns to me, yeah, definitely like the jewel of that line. And uh, speaking of books that are that are the jewels of their respective lines, I'm not I, this is a terrible transition. Um, but <laughs> uh, sticking with positive stuff we really liked, um, 
obviously probably my favorite character of all time is the flash and we've spoken at length in the past go to our archives and check it out about how wally west was my flash but the work of joshua williamson on rebirth era flash starring barry allen has i am not upset to admit completely turned me around on barry allen uh i always wondered why this boring police scientist would replace Wally West. Uh, obviously, the Grant Gustin show went a long way towards making him palatable to me, but Joshua Williamson's writing of Barry Allen in the Rebirth era has made me fall in love with this character, paired up with the fact that I'm really enjoying him in uh, Blackest Night as well. Mm -hmm. But I am just, I love that first Rebirth arc of Flash uh, with Godspeed, with the new Speedsters, with the new Wally West, with... Uh, Iris, just everything. To me, this is a Flash comic that gives me everything I want as far as cool powers, cool costumes, but also a human hero who I really enjoy. So I've really come around on uh, Barry Allen as a result of this flashback. All right. Next on the list, Hal Jordan. Mm. You should come around on him next. Mm. We'll see. All right, so uh, we are running a little short on time here. So another the the, the few this, other ones this that can I've, be this uh, is, this is a to be continued for sure. We'll it talk is, more about it. It is it is for sure. Yeah. But uh, Justice League of America is another recent one right. that I've talked about uh, in the past here, specifically Killer Frost's story. Uh, mm -hmm. She's actually someone that I wasn't familiar with until the Grant Gustin CW Flash show, and uh, you know I think that that the way that uh, that she is portrayed in the show is, is is quite different from the way that she's portrayed in rebirth here mm -hmm. but uh i'm just really loving this this angle of redemption yeah and i've noticed that for me specifically throughout dc rebirth that's a lot of what's grabbing me is interesting villains you know i've talked also uh about uh the first victim syndicate uh arc from uh detective comics and this sort of retribution or, or not retribution uh, uh, uh this redeeming arc redemption. that clayface yeah. is having yeah um which uh, clayface as a kid was always one of my favorite villains you know just i think it was the the, the shape changing sure. sort of quality to him but beyond that he was also awesome on the animated there. series which helps yes exactly specifically that but just the depths that they are able to explore with Clayface um, and, and explaining that, you know, the, that, that because of his powers that that sort of messed up his brain chemistry and that makes him a little bit more prone to violence in the criminal life. Just everything they're doing with Clayface mm -hmm. is really, really good. And uh, All-Star Batman, every issue of All-Star Batman is just absolute poetry. I, I cannot recommend it enough. And it's also the only time that you're going to get to see Batman hit a android dick grayson with a flamingo that is alive but also an android mm. that's, that's that's a pretty hard sell <laughs> so a uh, few more for you just a, a a quick list off here uh what what so far might still be in your uh, your top five then i will definitely say that i literally as of this morning and you saw this on twitter started reading trinity from francis manipool yes. and it is Phenomenal. I knew it was going to look good because Francis Manipal is an incredible artist. Uh, mm. I had not read his last run, and uh, I was going to say friend of the show, but actually enemy of the show, Jacob Brothers, um, has tried to sell <laughs> me on Francis Manipal's Flash for a long time. And based on this, I think I'm going to have to go check it out because Trinity is, from the first issue at least, is really, really strong. Both writing and art is really, really good. You know, the, the one downside to doing reading lists and actually sticking to them is when you yeah. find something you really like, and then you have they, to wait yeah, you to get wait. back around to it. Yeah, and the last 
the last Trinity one that I read wasn't actually dedicated to Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, it's the villains, right? Yes, and yeah. and the way that they set up those three villains as, like, you know, the reverse Trinity or whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. I'm like, why do I have to wait? You I know. don't, obviously. But you don't, going but we're regimented. Yeah. We are, as you said, diligent. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be it for today's episode of The Other Identity. We'll be back here next week at the same Other Identity time, same Other Identity channel. Bye, guys.